You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. city you're in, what state you're in, what country you're in, citywide, statewide, nationwide, worldwide, we are the three-man rush. I am the big OJ Ostrowski. She is Sarah Larson. And remember to smash the like button, the subscribe buttons, hit all that, help us out. But as always, this three-man rush episode is brought to you by Picasso's Pizza on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. Treat yourself to the most flavorful Best pizza on game day, Picasso's. We are Buffalo's Pizza Shop local. Uh, you got a shipping local uh, nationwide. Order online, picassospizza.net. Uh, Sarah, it sounds like you haven't been eating much Picasso's pizza lately. <laughs> yeah, not no, because I... it's not good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely not. I actually really like Picasso's pizza, so I, I got to try it uh, a couple weeks back when I was in Buffalo. But um, yeah, I came back home on Monday, and uh, unfortunately, <clears throat> uh, throughout the day, I started feeling worse and worse. And by uh, Monday night, I kind of was down for the count. And Tuesday, I woke up with a uh, pretty pretty severe stomach bug so i've been struggling through this week today was the first time i've actually been able to like eat something and keep it down so uh hopefully uh i'll get right before my flight out saturday now you know what my mother would say sarah you're just doing too much you're doing yeah. too much <laughs> trust you're me not resting. Much... you're not resting enough you're trying yeah. to do too many things yeah, that's pretty much uh, what I've been getting back with most people texting me. Pretty much exactly what uh, they're all saying. So, Yeah, well, we know your love for the Bills, and we'll talk about them in a little bit. We'll talk about the rest of the uh, NFL playoff games going on this weekend. But we as, as a show and as a, as a network, um, you know, we've got, a, we've got something coming up that's pretty, pretty, it's pretty cool. And uh, I'm going to let you kind of – let our listeners in a little bit on what we got going on and what we're going to, uh, what we're going to start doing tonight as we move towards uh, game day. Yeah. So uh, we are definitely excited. I mean, I am, I'm like a little kid in a, in a, you know, candy store here. Um, we're going to be going out in uh, two weeks uh, to the senior bowl and we're going to be able to, you know, watch uh, these really highly touted uh, college prospects that, um, kind of like the precursor is what I call it to what the combine is going to be. Um, you know, the, the shrine bowl is going to be the same week. So we are going to be split a little bit on some of the, um, the participants, but, um, I'm still really looking forward to it and, um, getting to see some of these guys and, you know, a lot of them, they're not going to be your first round picks. They're going to be the guys that are really putting their names out there, trying to, to, you know, move up their, their draft and draft prospects. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. I'm a, a nerd for all that stuff. Jerry, do I still got you? Uh, yeah, you still got me. I think I had a little bit of a, 
a technical glitch. But as you were saying, we, we're having an opportunity to go to the Senior Bowl, to get credentialed, to be able to be down there all week long, be up on the ropes next to the general managers, the head coaches, and the rest of the scouts, and actually get a chance to see these players up close and personal. Uh, what's funny about this is in 1991, um, I was able to go to the Senior Bowl as a, as a senior from the University of Tulsa. And it was a really – for a player, it can be a very nerve-wracking week. You're meeting with coaches. You're meeting with GMs. You're meeting with teams and scouts right. and doing personality tests and all different types of things. And then you have practice on top of it. Um, but back then, the coverage of the Senior Bowl wasn't like it is today. Um, it was important, and it was it was much more – I would say it's much, it was much more intimate as far as between the NFL teams and the players. Now, with the um, you know with the onslaught of, of digital content creation, with all the other outlets that are you know that are out there at the Senior Bowl, the NFL Network will have every practice on TV. You can watch every play live on the NFL Network, and it's huge. And um, you know we're getting a chance to be up close and personal. It should be yeah. pretty neat. Yeah, 80 and uh, my friend, well, he's also part of the network. Sterling sent me a little tidbit the other day. 82% of the people that were the um, the prospects that were drafted last year went to the Senior Bowl. So, right. I mean, that's huge. Um, and, you know, they, they, they just picked um, the coaching staffs, uh, which will be, you know, which is cool for them to be able to work not only the for the um the players themselves but for the the coaches so you have defensive coordinators and offensive coordinators that are being put into head coach roles and you have quarterback coaches being put in offensive coordinator roles so it's kind of a, a chance for everyone to step up and um and learn and grow and I'm just definitely looking forward to it. Uh, you know, like I said, I kind of geek out with all this stuff, so I'm definitely right. looking forward to it. But uh, our plan for, you know, this this show, obviously the second half, as always, we'll cover the NFL, but it's to kind of go through um, some of the positions. This, this week we're going to do quarterbacks and running backs that are going to be at the Senior Bowl, picked a couple from each, um, you know, for everyone to keep their eyes out. Now, obviously, you know, a lot of those people on the Buffalo Rumblings Network are, are Bills fans. We're definitely, you know, going to be recruiting uh, quarterbacks. Um, so I'm sure you guys are so interested in quarterbacks right now. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But um, but it's just still interesting to to see who's out there, so you can pay attention and and see who other teams, especially teams in our in our division, who they're you know looking forward right. um, to to drafting. So and who's out there. Um, so uh, this week, Jerry's going to be covering quarterbacks, and I have the running backs. And uh, I don't know, you want to take take it over? Yeah. One thing about this game, and and it usually the Senior Bowl usually brings the top tier talent uh, from across the country as far as college football seniors go. The quarterback position this year in the Senior Bowl not um, not. A kind of a marquee or pedigree group. I mean, this is a group that's that's not. Um, you know, you've you've got your you've got your your Bryce Youngs and those guys, your C.J. Strouds, not in this game. Um, some of the names and some of the people that we do have, TCU's Max Duggan is on the is on the on this list. I think he's the guy as far as the the quarterback that has the potential to um, increase his stock the most. Um, you know, we've seen him play not only in the college football semifinal, but also the final game. Um, I think the biggest thing about Max is, and a lot of people kind of say that his style is very Tim Tebow-esque, right? Um, tremendous competitor, tremendous leader, tremendous athlete, but does his game really correlate to the NFL? Um, you know, Tebow was there for a minute. Um, obviously, we know that that didn't work out, but with with San Francisco bringing, you know, Brock Purdy off the bench as a number three quarterback on their team and having the success that he's having, there are some skill set similarities between the two. Um, I do think Purdy's probably a little bit more of a natural passer, but still they're very similar players, leadership styles and all that. So if you look at this, does Max get a chance now in the NFL because of what Brock Purdy's doing in San Francisco? I think there is a team out there that takes a chance on him. I do think he's a is he, I do think he's a a second day pick, 
or I say second day, I guess it would be third day pick. Um, cause we go what first round and second, third round, and then the rest of them, Correct. I believe. So I'd say he's probably a third day pick. Um, but really how does this game translate? He's a great runner. He's faster than you think. He's a guy that probably has a chance to run below. Uh, he definitely run in the four sixes has a chance to run below four, six in the four fives, but is his passing that good? He has problems throwing the ball in traffic. As we saw in that national championship game, mm-hmm. he is not a pure passer. He is mobile, but he's not a pure passer. So I think that's really what he's going to have to do at Senior Bowl week. He's going to have to go ahead and prove some people that he can throw the ball in pressure situations. Um, Jaron Hall is a guy from BYU, 6'1", 205. Had a very, very good 2022. You know, he's a fourth-year guy. He can run a little bit. Um, he ran the ball 86 times for 346 yards. He's He's a guy that I like because he's gotten better every year. 61205, not necessarily prototype NFL size. Um, you know, you look at him, he's probably a, a, a an undrafted free agent, I would say, maybe a late third day guy. The guy that a lot of people are talking about is from a university, and I don't know if you've if you ever heard of I've Shepherd never heard university, of it. No, but um Shepherd University is a guy named Tyson uh Bajan. And Bajan is a guy who has a big frame. He's 6'3, 215. He still is a little bit lanky. He has room to fill out, but um, I think his frame does need more bulk, but I think he can get it. He's very mobile. He's a versatile passer. He can throw the ball. The thing about him that's interesting, if you see some of these quarterbacks lately, you know he's got multiple arm angles. He can throw it uh, a lot like um, my guy from San Diego does right now, Justin Herbert. He's a guy that's got multiple arm angles. He can avoid pressure and then the ball knocked down because now he can throw it in different arm slots. I mean, his career numbers are just absolutely stupid. He's thrown for 12,454 yards and 118 touchdown passes, right? This is like high school numbers, okay? Is is Shepard Division 2 or 3? Yes, it's a Division Division 2 school. Um, He won some national awards. So this guy's, you know, obviously the Senior Bowl every year brings in a couple of D2 guys that are from off the wall that you don't know about. And they bring in to compete against the the D one guys, which is what it's about, right? right? I mean, this is what it's all about. If if you're good, they're going to find you. I think he is definitely a third day, maybe free agent guy, but he's a guy that can stick because I hate this term. You and I are probably going to use it a million times, Sarah. I hate it, but upside is the term that everybody yeah. uses. He's probably he's got tremendous upside, and you know the NFL guys they will tell you. We're the best coaches in the world, so we can coach anybody up. You know, we right. can coach anybody to be good. So he will get a chance. And, Sarah, I think the guy that is on the fence right now, whether he comes to the senior bowl or not, he is not committed. But I think a lot of people really want him there is uh, Will Levis from Kentucky. That is your true blue potential first-round pick with this uh, quarterback group. Um, you know, Jake Hayner from, uh, from Fresno State is there undrafted free agent, uh guy that might be a, a, a backup. Clayton Toon, I've watched quite a bit at Houston. I think he's played nine years at the University of Houston. Um, he can throw the ball in that system. Not sure how that correlates to the NFL. I don't know if he does enough. I don't know if he's a dynamic enough quarterback as far as running the ball or running with his feet and being mobile, but he can throw it. He's a guy that's in the game as well. But um, if Levis shows up, he's your potential first-round guy. Prototypical size. 6'3", 232. He's an, accu- he's an accurate passer. He's very mobile. He's got a huge arm. He transferred to Kentucky from Penn State. But if you start listening, if you start really lo- looking at some of his, not only his positives, but his negatives, as far as maybe has a little bit of trouble uh, feel as a passer, maybe not necessarily good in traffic. Um, because we're a Buffalo slanted podcast, I would say that Levis probably translates the most to a young Josh Allen of, of the people in this draft. A uh, huge arm, huge body, can run it, uh, highly athletic, um, but is going to need to refine himself a little bit in the passing game, which is the NFL, which is small windows, timing routes, and things of that nature. So hopefully Levis shows up and you get a chance to see a guy who's a potential first-round pick. And the other thing is this. If he does show up, Sarah, it's better for these other players because 
now they can compare themselves to a guy that these NFL scouts right now are saying is a guy that could go in the first round. Right. So hopefully he does it not only for the game to bring interest to the game, but hopefully he does it also for the other prospects. Yeah. In your opinion, though, do you think this year, because I mean, last year we had some pretty well-known uh, right. quarterbacks in um, at the game. Do you feel like it's because it's kind of set this year of who's really a first round draft pick when it comes to quarterbacks? No, I just don't think we have a ton of highly rated draft picks this year as far as quarterbacks go. I think this is a very, I don't say it's a extremely poor year, but I think it's one of those you're either hitting home runs or you're button. Um, gotcha. I think you got guys like Bryce Young. You got guys like C.J. Stroud. I mean, you throw Levis in that group. You've got some talent. I mean, you got some playmakers. I mean, and people are, I think it was Daniel Jeremiah um, likens uh, although his frame is not the same size, he likens Bryce Young to to Aaron Rodgers. Um, that's a tremendous comparison. I mean, you yeah. talk talking comparisons. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's amazing. But I just don't think it's a year for quarterbacks. I really don't. So that's what's going to be really interesting in this draft. If two or three really come to the forefront, what are these teams going to do that need quarterbacks badly to get up into that top part of the first right. round to get them? And, and this do, is my favorite part of the And draft. do they do they do they reach if it's really right. not the right. quarterback of the future and they're right. just you know, they're just right. going for the best quarterback in the draft. Right. So Exactly. Right. And you know it's it's um you know you got guys like Jordan Love that that did well in senior bowls and they get picked in the first round they're still not playing. So Yeah. I mean, yeah. We'll see what happens. I mean, you can blame a little bit of Rodgers for that, but <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and a little bit of Green Bay. Yeah. Um well, yeah, so uh, I took a look at the the running backs and obviously kind of the same situation. We do have a few running backs that are, you know, um, probably second, third, fourth and fifth round um, that will be at the Senior Bowl. Um, obviously, you know, I think the number one pick um, for running backs is going to be B. John Robinson. I don't think that there's, you know, a question there. Um, Gibbs from Alabama will probably be the second running back off off the board. It might not even be in the first round. If the first round, it might be towards the end um, or, you know, starting into the the second round. So, again, not a lot of people are going to pick a running back in the first round, but Robinson is one of those people that are kind of projected to be there. Um, there are some senior bowl names that are, you know, or um, people not going to the senior bowl that we will focus on down the road, um, especially at the combine, um, that I can't wait to, to look forward to, especially, you know, some local guys like Syracuse, um, the, his, the running back, uh, Tucker, uh, that's going to be fun as well. But at the senior bowl, um, the, you know, people, if you see scrolling down, Chase Brown's going to be there from Illinois, Eric Gray from Oklahoma, um, Evan Hall from Northwestern, Roshan Johnson from Texas, uh, Kenny McIntosh from Georgia and Cameron Peoples from Appalachian uh, State. Um, those are all the people that are running backs that are going to be in um, Mobile, Alabama for the, the Senior Bowl. Um, Eric Gray uh, from Oklahoma, uh, to me, is probably one of the most interesting of um, of the, the running backs that we're going to be able to see there. He is a lot of comparisons and everything to um, a Miles Sanders. So kind of, you know, the, the mixture of pass and run type of, of back, right. you know, he'll be probably a number two um, for the most part um, or a complimentary back, but um, 5'10", 2'11", um, pretty much everything that I'm, you know, I've been reading up on and I, I have watched him um, play. He's a 4'4 guy pretty, you know, quick on his feet. So he has uh, a lot of that burst, like he's going to hit the the hole and he's going to take everybody with him. Um, he's very ag agile and elusive and he excels at the screen game. Uh, his weaknesses though, are, are pass protection. Every single thing that I have read up on the guy, it, it's the same knock. He it definitely has um, an issue with how he pass protects. So they're looking at whether or not it's correctable. Most people think that it is a correctable flaw of his. Um, but he is one of the guys that is a transfer portal person. He started at Tennessee and then ended up at Oklahoma where he just 
kind of went crazy um, his last uh, his last year. He was averaging over six and a half yards per carry. I'm looking forward to it. The the one other thing is is that he really just protects the ball, and I think that that's what most people want to see to be in a um, you know a, one of the the big five conferences and still be able to you know really protect the ball against you know more elite defenses um, is what everyone's looking forward to. But again, uh, a lot of people comparing him to Miles Sanders, um, which, you know, Philadelphia uh, has no problem with with uh, what they have there. Yeah. So um, I think that he'll be an interesting, probably still day three or late day two. Um, so late, you know, third round, early fourth round um, is kind of where I have seen him projected to go. Um, this is a pretty deep running back group. Um you know, where we could see a lot of running backs come um, off the board, whether or not they'll ever amount to something is a whole nother question. That's a lot of people are wondering how they're going to translate to the NFL. Um, but Eric Gray is, is definitely someone to look forward uh, to looking at. Um, the The next person I have is actually probably going to be a surprise for some people because I said B. John Robinson is probably going to be the number one uh, running back off the board. Um, but it's Roshan, uh, Roshan Johnson, which was actually his number two running back at, at Texas. Um, again, probably early day three, uh, fourth, fifth round um, type of uh, back. But it's it's because of his size. He's a 6'2 guy, um, 223 pounds, big, um, hard hitting. Um, and he's young. He's only 21. So he's still got you know some room to grow there. Um, a lot of people look at him as a starting running back in the NFL, which um, will be interesting to see, you know, someone coming off the board in the fourth or fifth round that will, you know, be able to um, to adapt and, and become that starting role. Um, but a lot of people have him uh, projected to uh, to be a lot like uh, Latavius Murray. I was trying to figure out right. Murray's first name, um, right. you know, just, uh, you know, big guy. Um, he's not as big as, um, as like, you know, Henry is and stuff like that, but he is one of those guys that, you know, when he lowers his shoulders, you're going to feel it is what, a, you know, a lot of people are writing about. Um, his most, uh, his most, uh, promising attributes though, is his vision. They say that he has excellent vision, um, but he works better in space. So he's not, you know, he's not one that, uh, is always going to take it up the middle, but he's very patient and he has really good vision. Um, the other thing that they said about him is again, he's one of those people that protects the ball. And the last two years, um, he's only had, uh, I think it was one fumble. Yes. One fumble in the last two years um, with all of his attempts. I think he had 95 attempts um, as 20, in 2021 and 94 attempts in 2022. So to have one fumble on, you know, uh, almost 200 attempts is, is pretty great. Um, he's also very good at pass protection and he actually is willing and aggressive at it. Like he likes to do it. So um, we, you know, could look forward to someone. I know, I know the bills could look forward to someone like that uh, to, yes. to have someone <laughs> sitting in the backfield that, that wants to be aggressive and make sure they're protecting Josh in that, in that um, process. So, um, definitely interesting. Uh, the one thing that we all also, um, you know, talk about is uh, the ability to run downfield and actually break tackles um, and not going down the second, third hit. And he actually leads the whole um, the whole country and uh, shaking the, those tackles. So broken tackles rate over the last two years, over the last two seasons, he leads. So I think it'll be a very interesting um you know, pick if they, if they do pick him up again, you know, he, uh, being a senior and, um, being behind Robinson, he hasn't had as many touches as, as Robinson has. Um, but I think that there's enough tape on him as, you know, as a senior that, you know, they'll, um, he'll still be a, uh, a, you know, a third day pick, but I, I still think early in the, in the third round or yeah, early in the fourth round. And then the third person I had, you know, I picked out was Chase Brown. And that's because I actually watched a lot of Illinois this year. And um, I liked the guy. He was at one point um, a Heisman um, candidate. Uh, very quick. Four, four, uh, he's a, another 4-4 four, four guy. Um, he is a fifth-year senior. So 
He's a little bit older. Um, he, I think he's 23. I didn't write it down, but I think he's 23. Um, so a little bit older, but one of the years that he played, uh, he actually only played one game. He had a transfer year and he was, he was only in for one year. Um, he is being very uh, heavily touted towards um, uh, Mozart for the Dolphins. Um, so he's one of those guys that, you know, likes to, to you know, um, catch the ball. You know, he's pretty good at that when he's not being um, matched up with somebody. So he's really good on the screen passes. Um, he's agile, elusive as well, they say. His weaknesses, though, is um, is that he's more of a perimeter guy. He hits the he hits the um, the perimeter really quick, but sometimes he'll go to the perimeter instead of up the middle, even if the middle's showing that you know right. he's got the space. Um, and again, another one that's very <clears throat> shaky in pass protection. So um, they also a lot of people are saying that he's a very small guy. He is 5'11", uh, 205, but that's pretty much his capacity. They don't think he's going to be able to put on any weight because of his small frame. They think that that's kind of where he's gonna um, where he's gonna stay. But for the, uh, the last two years, he's had over a thousand yards. This year, he had over sixteen hundred yards. Um, he has uh, almost a six point yards per carry. Um, between the two years, it's like a five and a half yard per carry. So he's definitely um, he's definitely got what you know a lot of teams want. The question is um, whether or not they're going to be afraid that he's, you know, that smaller back and whether or not he can remain healthy enough um, over, you know, the span of his career, um, if he's not going to be able to put on, you know, any more weight or, um, or anything. He uh, doesn't do as much in the, in the passing game as the other two, but um, he had 240 yards this past year on 27 receptions. So the yards per reception though right. is, is great. When you look at when you look at these backs, and obviously there's other backs, you know, in the Shrine game and stuff. But are, are we? I've seen Bijan listed as high as three. Um, I've seen him listed, you know, top ten on a on a regular basis. Is is he that guy? Is he is he is he the back that you take in the top ten? Is he is he? A, I keep looking at is he a Saquon Barkley? Is he Ezekiel Elliott? Um, I I never feel that way about running backs, to be honest with you. I'm just so nervous to to draft that early. Um, but a lot of I, I, his average draft pro projection is around eight. So um, just, you know, kind of depending on when we right. look at, you know, how everyone I and I have not looked at what the final um, the the final tally of uh, who's who's drafting top 10 in what order exactly. Um, you know, I, do I think Chicago is going to draft them at, at him at one? No. Um, so little things like that. Could he go three? Depends on who is, who is drafting right. there. If it's right. someone, you know, if it's a team that might really think that, you know, they, that he can open it up. Sure. Um, I just get super nervous when it comes to, to running backs in the, the first round to begin with. The, the disappointing thing about what you said, and, and if anybody caught, you know, if you when you're listening to Sarah, if you caught this theme with these running backs lately, way too many times she said, and when they start talking about weaknesses, they don't like to pick up the pass rush. Pass they're rush. not pass rushing. They're not pass rushing running backs. If that is the case, their their athletic ability better be really really good because they're not going to get picked high if they can't protect the quarterback. Yeah. Now, and some of you know some of them's technique and it's. And it's it's you know coaches figure they'll get them out of it. A lot of it is want to, and if you don't have the want to, yep. then you're not going to play. And I think that's what's so fascinating about Roshan Johnson is that literally you know, and I I probably and I, I watched him because of Bijan uh, Robinson. I, I did watch Texas uh, quite a bit this year. Um, a lot of everything that I've read, a lot of what I've seen is that want to. He has a willingness and a want to pass protect. So not only is he that big body back that, you know, some teams really want, especially, you know, in goal line positions, um, someone who is not going to fumble. So, you know, someone that um, they can trust on third down, but also someone that's going to step in and, and make sure that your quarterback is safe on the, you know, on those downs. It's, it's something that will be interesting. And I, um, I'm definitely, he's, he's my little asterisk for, um, for the bills. If, uh, if we wait to mid round to, to pick up somebody. Um, 
two other backs that are going to be there that I wrote up stuff, something about, and I will share it on Twitter. Um, on the Three Men Rush Twitter, Twitter is um, Kenny McIntosh of Georgia and Chris Rodriguez of Kentucky. They're probably day two guys or maybe very, very, very early on day three. Um, but I do think that they they might be um, a second. They Some of them might be second or third round, depending on how quickly running backs fall off the board uh, day one and day two. You know, it's funny you talk about these running backs and, and, and great job, Sarah. When you talk about these running backs, I think the way the game is evolving and the way the game is changing, you know, running, rushing the football is important. Obviously, that's in the name, right, running back. But I think the biggest thing about these backs nowadays is besides the pass pro, you've got to be able to catch the ball out of the backfield. It's such it's becoming such a passing oriented game that your running backs really have to be a weapon in the pass game. And that's like a guy, you know, who's who's the best guy you can look at right now? I mean, Josh Jacobs, right? I mean, it's a guy that's going to make, I mean, stupid money. I mean, it's a $50 million guy, but he does it all. He's a three, he's a three skill guy. He runs it well, he catches it well, and he protects the quarterback well. And, you know, I think that those latter two are becoming more and more important in the NFL. But, you know, I don't like running backs necessarily in the first round. Um, you know, the way things are going, running backs are becoming, you know, four or five year guys and they're finding somebody else. But, you know, my wish list right now is, and I put it up on the chat. And if you have any questions for us, after you smash that like button and subscribe button, hit us on the chat. But, um, you know, my wish list is wide receiver, offensive line, safety, uh, without getting into the reason why safety is number three. Uh, inside defensive linemen, we need size. We need Ted Washington types. And then running back, you know, my running back is is uh, is later on. I think there's a lot of really good quality in the running back. I think this is a year where you're not going to find as many home run hitters at running back, but you're going to find a lot of quality late in the draft, guys that can help your football team win. I agree. I agree. So I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, like I said, the the running backs are going to be, I think, interesting, and I'm actually looking forward to to hoping that we we grab you know somebody more late. Uh, so I, hopefully I'm right and <laughs> exactly. it ends up being who I want. Um, all right. So we're gonna shift gears. So next week we will um we'll finish out the the offense and then we will do the defense the week that we're at the um the Senior Bowl uh when we do our show that week. Hey, real um, quick, real quick, shout out to my uh, shout out to my Tulsa Bills backers group. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I met my guy tonight. Got some Tulsa Bills backers uh, stickers. I'm fired up about it. I love it. I love it. All right, so we're gonna start with the NFC. We're gonna move over into to divisional weekend and uh, start talking some football. Some I think NFL this is football. this is probably my favorite week of football. Okay, I really believe I believe that the divisional the divisional rounds, the four games, this is the best football of the year. I really think that. If you look at these games and and the quality of these football games, this is my favorite weekend of the year by far, and I'm excited to talk about it. All right. So, uh, first game we're going to talk about, we have the the Giants at Philadelphia. Uh, Philadelphia's seven and a half point favorites, and the over under is 48, and that's uh, Saturday evening on Fox. So what do you think in here? Do you think the Giants have a chance? I think they have a great chance because they have a wonderful head coach who used to happen to be our wonderful offensive coordinator. Um, I, uh, I, I totally, completely dig um, Dibble. I think he's a wonderful coach understand the narrative that was Daniel Jones last year, right? They wanted to run him out of the league. Mm -hmm. Now all of a sudden we're talking about Daniel Jones signing big money extensions yeah. and being the quarterback of the future. I don't There's know. Dable might be, he might be the quarterback whisperer. <laughs> right. Exactly. And, uh, and my man, and my man, Joab is on the, uh, on the, uh, on the chat with us. He's listening in. Um, he is my man that started the, uh, Tulsa bills backers here in the great city of, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. So props to him. And uh, we'll get to, uh, we'll talk about him more later, but no, I, I think the giants have a chance, but Saquon Barkley is getting ready to run the football into one of the best rush defenses in the league. 
Um, the other the other deal is this: I don't really think we can sit here, Sarah, and talk at length until we're blue in the face about this game and matchups and everything else. To me, it comes down to one thing, one thing only, and I absolutely cannot believe I'm saying this. It comes down to whether Jalen Hurts is healthy or not. Um, he is a full go participant in practice. Um, he hasn't had any issues this week. He had a bye week. That's not saying he doesn't take a shot on his shoulder and all of a sudden he's back in the situation he was. Um, this is just a tremendous football team with Jalen Hurts playing. And 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 I have been the biggest negative – I have been the biggest negative person about Howie Roseman for years, and that's the general manager of the Philadelphia Eagles. And um, I'll be honest with you, he believed in Jalen Hurts and it's coming back to him. Um, for his his uh, his belief. So if you look at this defensively, the Eagles just dominate fourth in total yards, first in passing yards, 16th rushing, uh, seventh in points, 14th on third down. I think that's where the Giants can make some hay is, um, you know, they're fifth in the league in third down conversions, staying on the field, keeping drives going. That's because they don't make a lot of mistakes early and they keep their third downs at six or less and, you know, keep them very manageable. But offensively, the Eagles just, you know, run rough shot over the Giants, except for rushing yards. The Giants are fourth in the league with Saquon Barkley at 148.2 yards a game. So um, I think it'll be a tremendous game. I think it'll be tight early. Um, Jalen Hurts stays healthy. They cover the seven and a half points, and they win in, uh, they win at home in, in uh, the city of brotherly hate. I think they move <laughs> on to the, uh, they move on to the uh, NFC finals. Mm. Well, I'm a, I'm I'm agreeing with you that Philadelphia is going to cover. Um, I am a little bit more of a disagreement that Giant, that the Giants have a chance. Um, I really don't think. I, I mean, obviously, you play the game to play the game. Um, I will be rooting for the Giants to win. I uh, I definitely would love to see them and Dable. Um, you know, definitely uh, stick it to Philadelphia. Even though Philadelphia was my preseason choice for uh for the Super Bowl. How? How? It was how <laughs> when they how? when they when they brought over uh AJ Brown and CJ Chauncey Garden. I'm an I, Eagles I'm an Eagles fan. I grew up there. How yes, could yes. I just this whole Jalen Hurts thing and I, I said CJ Ch- Chauncey that's his name Chauncey. So right. Garner Johnson CJ um yes. when they when they brought him over and when they brought um when they brought over Brown I was like this is a big time squad and then they then they brought over Bradbury too I was like they, they're definitely right. um you know stocking up so that is why I um I think that one of the best offseason moves that they made was um you know was those two it was picking up those two um but they're just I mean they're stacked in every you know in every position you know they have one of the best if not the best center in the league Miles Sanders is killing it um, obviously they have, you know, one, two combo at wide receiver with the, uh, Devonta Smith and AJ Brown. I, you know, I'm like, I'm looking well, down at my who's, notes. Who's one and who two? Who's one it and doesn't, it's two? one, a one B. Right. It doesn't I mean, matter. It doesn't this matter. Is a true, this is a stable of, you're right. I mean, yeah. the receivers are stupid. How many so the, are the question is, and like you said, how, how is hurts, you know, how hurt is hurts. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, don't um, forget Dal- and don't forget Dallas Goddard. I mean, he's turned yeah. in a tremendous weapon at tight end as yeah. well. So I think we'll look at it as um, I think that the one thing the giants have going for them um, also is that they didn't have the bye week. And I say that in a, in a way is that they're still flowing and um, Philadelphia has taken some time off and, you know, you know, obviously the last couple of games of the season, they weren't really Philadelphia. So um, it's whether or not they can get back to, to what, where they were prior to, um, you know, the end of the season when, when Hurts got injured. Um, but I think that if we're going to, you know, name top three coaches this year, you know, for, for coach of the year, Sierra is probably uh, one of my top picks. I honestly would love to see yeah. McDermott, but a lot of people, you know, question if, you know, his on, on-field successes are, you know, the same as his off-field ones. Um, I think a 13 and three record um, should mitigate all that talk, but, yeah, but it is what it is. But I, Sir- I think Sirianni is, uh, is definitely worthy of the, the honor this year. Sirianni getting ter- Jalen hurts to play the way he's playing. I mean, the man might walk on water in his spare time. I mean, it's, it's, it's a tremendous job coaching and you're right. 
Um, he probably deserves heavy, heavy coach of the year honors, especially if they win this week and get to that NFC game, that championship game. Yeah, so I definitely have uh, Philadelphia covering, and I actually have it going over 48. Um, I feel like I feel like it's going to be uh, a little bit of a of a scoring game. Um, I feel like if the Giants want to stay in it, it kind of it needs to be because I feel like that that's when they they excel a little bit more is uh, when right. Daniel Jones is actually, you know, in a groove. Um, and I'd love to see Hodgins have a good game, you know, I'm rooting for him. And I mean, but they're just when you look at the two, the, the two um, different rosters, it's just crazy to me because the Giants are literally starting guys that couldn't even make <laughs> couldn't even make the starting roster yeah. um, elsewhere uh, as, you know, their number one and two uh, wide receivers. But you so. also got to feel good about Hodgins and Feliciano too. ex, you know, ex-Bills getting a chance uh. to play. I, I'm a, I'm I'm was a Feliciano fan, but he's he's irked me a little bit the last uh, the last off season. So I mean, he obviously he's a he's a you guy. So I was always all about the I you. I tried and to all set you. Him. I I set you up. I was surprised you went that way. But uh, he's he's frustrated. Like you know, when you leave, I you know right. I get when you leave a relationship. There's sometimes there's not a right. lot of nice things to say, but you know. I don't know. I've always like, I, I guess I stay friendly. Like don't burn bridges. I don't know. Right. You know, I don't think right. the fan base did anything to him really until he started being a jerk about everything. Right. So, right. Uh, all right. And then the second NFC game of the weekend is the Dallas Cowboys at San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers are three and a half point favorites and the over under is 46. And that is Sunday evening. And that'll be the final game of the weekend. Um, you got a Dallas Cowboys team that really needs to have really needs to have Zeke and Pollard run the football, right? Um, you're playing the first uh, ranked defense in the league against the rush. Um, the Niners only give up 77 yards a game. They are punishing on defense when it comes to the run, and they don't have to bring a bunch of people up in the box to do it. Um, they will beat you straight up. Um, now all of a sudden you're putting an onus upon Dak Prescott. And um, when I look at this matchup, and while offensively their numbers are pretty equal and the Cowboys are actually ahead in a few areas, including third down percentage, but a lot of that third down percentage is that way because the running game of the Cowboys keeps them in third and short. Um, I just don't see it. Um, you know, I think the only way that this game gets gets interesting uh, for and the Cowboys are and the Cowboys, the Cowboys have a a chance to to play well, and I think the Cowboys have a chance of upsetting San Francisco if they can turn the ball over. If they get San Fran to turn the ball over, but um, we haven't seen that, so to speak, uh, of right now. But again, just tremendous defense. First again in total yards, uh, second in rushing yards, first in points. Um, they are sixteenth. Uh, and third down percentage. And also this is the one that this is the area where the Cowboys can uh, maybe get after him a little bit if they can protect with Bosa with 18 and a half sacks is, um, you know, San Fran only ranks 20th against the pass. So that's how it's going to be. It's going to be, it's going to be turnovers. If, if the Cowboys are in it, they're getting turnovers and they found a way to pass the football. Um, but I, I don't know. I just don't see it. I think this 49er team is on a mission. I love, Shanahan, I love what he does. Um, they're gassed up right now and ready to go. So I like San Fran, and uh, I like them. I'll tell you what, I'm surprised it's only three and a half points. Really? Um, but I'll take San Fran in the three and a half. All right. Well, I I think San Fran's going to win, but I'm not going to have him covering. I'm going to say by three. Um, I think that the Cowboys, depending on what Dak they get, is uh what we're gonna you know is pretty much the offense we're gonna see um from them i you know i obviously think pollard is one of the best uh running backs in the nfl and i'm glad that they kind of have him starting and handling the ball more than zeke at this point um i think that the the whole story of the the game though is going to be whether or not dallas's defense when you have parsons and Barr and them whether or not they can get after purdy and make him you know, um, finally, you know, go against a defense that that makes him a little nervous and, you know, and um, and, you know, agitated a little bit. And we'll see if if they can kind of promote some of those turnovers when he gets that way. 
um, we really haven't seen um, that that play from from Purdy yet because I don't think he's really felt the need. Um, he's been protected pretty well. He's he's had you know pretty decent games, but he right. hasn't needed you know to you know to go crazy. He hasn't needed um, to put the team on his back. Um, so you know the team's kind of you know he's just been that that steady consistent piece that is needed to to control the game. So, you know, let's see if uh, you have some some linemen in his face, if, if he's the same um, consistent, you know, consistent quarterback. So I, I do think San Fran, it, it just they just have too many pieces with, you know, Debo and McCaffrey. They just it's just too many in the end. Um, so I do think they are still going to pull it off. Um, but I do think that it will be three points, not three and a half. So I'm going to say Cowboys with the points. Um, with that being said, uh, if the Dak Prescott that showed up in, uh, week 18 shows, you know, up at all this weekend, it's going to be a blowout. It will be ridiculous in a blowout. So, um, they played well though last week. So, um, I think it'll be closer than, than people expect. Um, I, I do think it'll be a good game and you made a great point. And I think the point about Brock Purdy throwing the ball in traffic, we haven't seen that yet. I think Brock does move around better than most, and he can get himself some space. But I will say that's where I believe if there are turnovers to be had, that's where it's going to be had. It's going to be him throwing interceptions. Um, Cowboys are going to need to do a really good job of disguising coverages, confusing them. If they do get that pass rush, um, I think they can get him to make some big mistakes. And I, I think that was a, it was a great uh, point you made about him throwing the ball with pressure. But I will say – I think that's the beauty of the Niners team. They do have the ability to really take pressure off of him with their running game. And the Christian McCaffrey trade was probably the best pickup in football up to the deadline. Yeah. Um, I mean, Mid-season, just a wonderful, yeah, wonderful pickup for them, um, you know, without getting into the whole John Lynch McCaffrey family sob story that we can talk about. But um, no, uh, you know, some people, there's a lot of people picking the Cowboys. Um outright not only picking the cowboys but uh you know you know getting after him pretty good so well san fran's my new my new the way they've just been playing towards the end of the year and then after them picking up mccaffrey i just i honestly think that um they might just be a smidgen better than philadelphia when um when push comes to shove because of their defense um obviously philadelphia has the better quarterback i'm not gonna put birdie in any kind of you know discussions with hertz um you know anytime soon so um i you know san fran is now my nfc um pick for for the super bowl um i do think that it'll be them um against philadelphia next week obviously um so we'll we'll see how how it plays out all right next game what do we got we got the jaguars Jaguars, the Jaguars at Kansas City. Chiefs. Yeah. So we uh number four Jaguars at number one Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs are eight and a half point favorites. No surprise there. The over under is 52 and a half. And that is the first game of the weekend, Saturday at 4 30. Um I really want to pick Jacksonville. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> I so want to pick Jacksonville. <laughs> and I'm gonna pick Jacksonville. Um wow. I shouldn't I shouldn't pick Jacksonville. But I just – I don't know, man. I got a feeling. I just – I just every year there's that one team that comes out of nowhere, right? Um, you know, Kansas City is such a timing-oriented offense. Um, they had the week off. I think it's going to hurt them more than anything. We talked a little bit last week about Doug Pedersen and his, his relationship with Andy Reid and his inside knowledge of, of Andy Reid's offense and what they got going on. Um, I don't think that the, you know, and the funny, crazy thing is their numbers are still just ridiculous. I mean, the Chiefs are ranked first in total yards, first in passing, first in points, second and third down conversions. They're only 20th in rushing, but really why do they need to rush the ball when they pass it the way they do? But, um, you know, it's just, there's just something about this game that, that makes me, that makes me think that Jacksonville has the pieces that can really, can really, you know, create a good game and a good matchup against Kansas City. Um, so as long as Trevor Lawrence doesn't lose his mind and they have a, if they find a way to keep him upright, then, you know, you look at both defenses, they're both pretty much the same. It's it's about the same across the board. 
Um, I actually think Jacksonville's defense is better with uh, Josh Allen, and then they have uh, the Trayvon Walker. The, the I think right. he's, a, he's a rookie, right? Yeah, he was one of the first. Right. Um, um, so statistically, they're behind. Um, are they really? Yes, yeah, statistically, I, they are yeah. behind. Um, but I do think that I, I I agree with you. I think they they match up well. I just do. I I like what they got going on, and I mean, I'm going to take Jacksonville. Right. Call me crazy. Well, I'm going to take Jacksonville with the points, but I, I still think Kansas City is going to win. Um, I do have them as a seven-point seven uh, victor, um, but I will be rooting all for you know everything I have for Jacksonville to to win. Not because I want to face Jacksonville, and not because I don't want to face Kansas City, but because I would love to have the AFC Championship game in Buffalo, um, and. Uh, you know, I see, I see what, you know, Buffalo turns into to having an AFC, you know, conference championship in, in Buffalo would be just amazing. Um, but you know, again, what Jacksonville did last week, um, they came out looking like I'm afraid that they might come out looking with, you know, against Kansas city going down. What what was it? 27 points or 27 to three. They can't do that against Kansas city. They just can't. Um, now, when Trevor Lawrence, you know, sucked it up and, and I don't know, snapped out of it, he was just different. And I don't know if that was, you know, adjustments they made at halftime, if that was Peterson, whatever it was, they had some type of epiphany and came back out. And we were almost joking about it throughout the whole game. Like, you know, oh, there's no way. Oh, they scored one touchdown. Oh, there's no way. You know, it just became a, a joke. And then it was, we started laughing they're going to pull this off. They're going to pull this off. And they just looked unbelievable in the second half. So if they can come out and play that game against Kansas city, I think Kansas city who has not been playing all that well, um, could, you know, have, have their, you know, have their worries with, uh, with, uh, you know, especially with the run game, um, with ETN. So, I look forward to to seeing them give them all types of, you know, fits. I would love to see, Jack, you know, Jacksonville figure it out. Um, you know, Kansas City coming off the bye. Uh, they did look good in week 18. We can all sit here and say that they, you know, didn't look good for the last four or five weeks of the season, but they looked good in week 18. So, and it's still Mahomes. So I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to give them a pass and say that, you know, there's no way, you know, Kansas City's, um can lose. Because there is a way that they can lose, um, but I think the game will be closer than the eight and a half. I um, yeah. But I like that you're picking Jacksonville. Go ahead, do it. Yeah, do it. The la- last time, <laughs> last time I did this, TC got blown out of the water. But no, I just, I just, I just have a feeling. I, I just think they're just, it's just, they're, we're due for something like this, and I think this is the game. That it uh that it'll happen. So obviously, let's move on to the uh, to the game we're all want to talk about. Uh, the, what game would that be? The Bills game? <laughs> I think I think so. I think maybe maybe. All right. So uh, Cincinnati at Buffalo. Uh, the Bills are five and a half point favorites. The over under is eight and a half, or um, the over and under is forty eight and a half. Uh, and it's Sunday at three o'clock. To be honest with you, I was extremely surprised when I saw that we were five and a half point favorites. Not dissing our team at all, um, but so many people are picking Cincinnati outright that um, I thought that that differential would have been a lot closer. Um, you know, I think that, and and we're going to put some some points of the game up here in a moment, but I think that first up until the 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 tragic situation with Demar. Okay, it was almost like one of those deals where, and you've seen them. I mean, Miami's had these types of games. You know, they have an opponent that um, they've been just waiting all off season to play the first game of the season. Right? This game, this the, that week when when we had the the situation with Demar, that was there at the time. That was their Super Bowl. They had geared everything up for that game. And you could see it in the first so many minutes of the game. I mean, they came out and they did something. And I think it kind of it started with Mixon and the things that he was saying earlier in the week. And then you watch the game 
and you watch some of the stuff that the tight end pulled um, during the game. Then you watch um, the defensive end purposely rolling to Josh's legs, and you see some of the stuff they did. And this this Bengals team truly believes. And somebody asked me the other day on on Hump Day last night when I was on with Spence, they're like, "Well, why would you say this?" Those are the reasons why. If you saw the first so many minutes of that game, this Bengals team truly believes that they are more physical and a tougher team than Buffalo. It's it is obvious. That is the message that has been raining through that program, has been raining through that locker room and that team for the last so many weeks. We want Buffalo again because we are tougher than they are. We are more physical than they are. And when this game happens, we're going to punch him in the mouth and they will not respond. And and I, I really, truly believe that is the the message that's being uh, heard this week in Cincinnati. We're going to find out if that's true or not. I don't think the Bengals are the only team in the league that feels that way. And I, you know, Spence and I talked about it last night. You know, what have we done or what has Buffalo done to actually deserve that? I mean, for people to think that they're not a physical team. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it, I think that is the that is the mo- the mantra and the message. And the first part of the game, right off the bat, we talk about our three keys to victory on defense: be more the be more the more physical team, establish physical dominance early, and that is going to be something that offsets this this message because you know the only way to beat up a bully. The only way to stop a bully is to beat up a bully. And if Cincinnati thinks they're a bully, well, we need to go ahead and, and get after him. And I think we will do that. And our defense has done that. So that's the first thing is to be more physical, uh, be the more physical team, especially early, and establish physical dominance. You know, second key on defense is control the Bengals' running game. I thought the one thing the Bengals did early in the game when we did play them in Cincinnati before the stoppage, they did get mix and rolling early. I mean, they were running the ball pretty good. They were running for five yards plus a clip. And with that happens, I think Cincinnati does a very good job. I think Joe Burrow is a very good play-action quarterback. And we tend to have safeties. When you play that 4-2-5, especially that one-box safety, he's going to stick his nose down in there, and he's going to come downhill, and he's going to bite on some stuff. And you can manipulate our safeties with play-action, especially if you got the running game going early. So we need control that running game. Hopefully Jordan Phillips and some of those guys will be able to do that and stop that running game. And then I talked about it last time we played them. I'm going to talk about it again. Defensively, the third key, you have to limit their explosive plays. They're going to get some passes. They're going to do some things that are, that are, you know, big time explosive type stuff. You got to limit them. You got to keep, you got to keep these guys from, from just being all over the place, you know, and, and taking off big pieces of yardage, you know, one throw at a time, 30, 40, 50 yard plays, you can't have them. So I think that um, the main thing, and it's why I put it first, be the physical bully in this game and take right. it to Cincinnati. Let them know right off the bat, especially with two offensive linemen out of the games, two starters out of the game. We're, we're here to get this. We're here to get after this. We're going to shut your run down. We're going to limit the big plays with our umbrella zone. And we're going to go ahead and win this football game. So those are my three keys on defense. All right. Well, I did the three keys uh, to a victory for the, for the offense. And my uh, first one was control the time of possession, which includes our running game, uh, getting that established early. Um, and then no three and outs. Um, if we are, you know, giving the ball back and giving them prime field position, that is going to be an issue. Um, because, you know, Burrow's not going to take, um, you know, those, uh, those possessions lately. Um, number two, do not turn the ball over, which obviously we're going to say that every week, but lately it's been more of a theme. Yes. So, uh, I'm going to definitely put that there. And then I have three A and three B because I'm going to put it both on, uh, Mr. Joshua Patrick Allen. Um, he needs to just be unleashed. He needs to have the game of the year um, against Cincinnati. And then he can top that next week against whether it's the Jacksonville Jaguars or the or the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't care. Um, he can then top it next week. But this is a game that he needs to get all the other, you know, negativity off that, you know, he's had an off year and all this other BS that has been going throughout 
you know, the um, the narrative the last, uh, you know, few weeks that, you know, he's had an off year and whatnot. Um, and then, you know, score seven and not three. We need we need touchdowns, not field goals. Um, and, you know, we've been really I'm not going to say poor, but I feel lately we've been poorer inside the red zone um, with actually scoring touchdowns. Uh, you know, we've had some turnovers and then there's sometimes where, you know, we are walking away with uh, three points instead of seven. So those were my three A and three B, um, you know, keys to, to offensive victory. I think I'm this is my most nervous game of the year. I'll be honest. Um, I'm not going to sugarcoat it at all because, you know, it's once you're in the playoffs like this, it's, you know, win or go home. And I don't want to go home. I want to keep this season going. So, right. I'm, And I'm with you. I have a ton of respect for the Bengals. I think the Bengals are, tr- are coached very, very well. Um, actually, a kid I coached in high school is the assistant uh, receivers coach in, uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, so I've got a little bit. I've got some some Brad Craigthorpe's name. I got a buddy up there. But, um, you know, come come Sunday, I think you're 100% correct on the Unleash Josh Allen. Um, if we run five plays, I want two of those five plays to be him running the football. He needs to get in the middle of it quickly. He needs to push somebody. He needs to get hit. He needs to get moving because, you know, I think we're, you know, one of the things about Josh Allen right now, and we just got a few minutes before we shut down for the day or for the night, but, you know, he has been having a little bit of issues with his accuracy on his short passes, but obviously he hasn't has any accuracy issues on his deep ball. So that's, I mean, it tends to, it leads me to believe that that elbow is not still not there. And I don't know, man, maybe we find something at the end of the season that he's going to need to get something done. Um, I hope not, but you know, one of the ways you can go ahead and get him involved without a short passing game is to get him running the football and everything's on, everything's on the table right now. Yeah, Um, of course. I am not going to, yeah, I'm not dissing that at all. I think that um, some design runs are, are perfect and needed. Um, and the, the only other thing that I have to say is I hope playoff Gabe returns this week, like he did last week, um, because right. it is definitely needed. Uh, the one question I have for you is, uh, you know, do you, who do you think is going to be inactive at wide receiver this week? Do you think it'll be McKenzie or Brown or, uh, Shakir? I, cause I think they'll start Beasley. I think it'll be, I think it'll be McKenzie. Um, oh, you do. Okay. I think that Brown gives us something in the passing game that nobody else on that on that team does. I know that Diggs is fast, but he's not Brown fast. Beasley's not that type of guy. Shakur is playing really, really well. Had some had a very good game last week. Um, I think Gabe Davis is uh, he had a very good game last week, and um, you know reporters were really were really quick to uh, to point out that he was working out on the jugs machine for 30 to 40 minutes extra. I'm sure he probably does that every day, but all of a sudden they decided to report on it. Like it was some kind of revelation. Um, It just amazes me sometimes what they think is important and not important, but I don't know. I mean, if, if really, I think it's between McKenzie and Brown. And uh, what gets me nervous is I've heard some people think that Shakir might actually be the one inactive. And that makes me nervous because I think, like you said, he's been having some good games. And uh, I like kind of the spark that, you know, he gives the offense uh, when he's actually put in rotation and we target him. And I like Brown. I think Brown's great, but there's a reason Brown was unemployed for a while and he was brought up off, you know, brought on the practice squad. I mean, and and, Shakir wasn't. Yeah, and he missed uh and he missed the one target last week. Granted, um, you know, if he would have kept on running, he might not have missed it. Um, so it's it's you know, I go back and forth, but uh I hope that it's not Shakir. That's all, you know, whether it's you know, if John Brown's not brought up from the practice squad this week, um right. I, I don't know if I would hate it. Um if it's Mackenzie and Shakir's uh is you know, starting with um with Beasley and Diggs and and Davis so we'll see how that all you know plays out but uh any uh parting notes or anything else no I just think that um I hope I hope the goodness that our offense coordinator deciding to um interview for a job the day before the biggest game of the year doesn't affect anything um (sighs) you know I hope there's a lot of there's a lot of I hate that rule I hate it there's a lot of little things going on right now. And, you know, you've got that going on. You've got the Poyer situation going on. You've got a lot of little things going on, a lot of little voices being talked about. 
And I'm hoping it's us as fans that are that are feeling this and that the locker room is quiet. Um, that's what I'm really hoping is is the case. I hope that the locker room, um, we're not having any issues internally and that we're getting ready to play this football game, our biggest game of the year. So um, I would say I'm going to pick the Bills, um, and I, I think they'll cover. I, I thought of taking them without covering, but I'm going to take them covering, but I don't think you're going to cover by much. I think it's going to be a tremendous game. I personally think this is the best game of the week. I really do. I didn't have them covering um, for a little while because, I, like I said, I was really surprised that it was um, a five-and-a-half point. Um, you know, I think it, I think uh, Spence put up there that it started at three-and-a-half. So if it was three-and-a-half, um, I, th- I would have had them covering, you know, easily because uh, I originally thought it was going to be about a four-point game. Um, I'm still around there, but uh, – you know, my, my nerves are getting the best of me, I think. Um, I would I, I hope that, you know, we can beat them by a touchdown or more because I'm I'm tired of this narrative about, you know, all you know, everything's close games and these heart attack games. And I just, you know, I want us to to get that that confidence that we need going into uh to next week at this point. The first fifteen minutes will tell a tale. I think we will see a lot. Um, through the first 15 minutes. We're going to learn a lot about this game early. And, um, you know, I agree with Spence. Um, he said earlier on the on the comments that we are a better football team. I do believe we are a better football team. But I also believe in matchups. And I believe that the Bengals really match up well against well, us. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's going to be a tough game. But I do think the Bills will pull it out. And I'm, I mean, I'm ready for the weekend, man. I got to work yeah. one more day. I don't want to, I don't want to work tomorrow. I don't, I don't want to work. I want to, I want to go to Costco. I want to buy like 300, $300 worth of meat. There I want to get go. my Traeger fired up, my Hasty nice. Bake fired up. Nice. And I want to start cooking and get ready for the game. So nice. best nice. weekend of the year. All right. Well, uh, everyone, don't forget to uh, follow us on Twitter. I have them there, if, especially if you want any of that content coming from the Senior Bowl. And uh, don't forget to, to smash that like we we said it quite a few this time because uh we want to make sure you guys are uh subscribing and liking and jerry you want to take us out yep so uh once again for sarah larson i am the big o jerry ostrowski and um hey cheer loud and proud on sunday um you have been listening to the three-man rush here on the buffalo rumblings networks hey stop stop and pay attention look around take care of one another and make sure everybody's okay and uh we'll be back next week with more right here on the uh, Buffalo Rumblings Network, it's Three Man Rush. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.